Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple of months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. When you've found the sporting event, concert, or show you want to attend, just use GameTime's quick and easy two-step checkout system to purchase your tickets. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Tickets section of the app. Create an account. Then under the Billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. That's all one word, THEATHLETIC, for $10 off on your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for the Athletic. I'm with Eric <laughs> O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever out in Seattle. What's up, Eric? You didn't come in nearly as hard as I was thinking you were right there. <laughs> Seven fifty-five uh, is real. Is up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we nothing, got our podcast man. numbers, man. We're kicking it. We're killing it. Yeah, we so, do what we want now. Welcome, all you people, and thanks for making us uh, this highly successful podcast. We appreciate you guys being here. Yeah, we're going to do what the, whatever the hell we want now. So <laughs> We're talking stocks today. That's it. <laughs> we're talking stocks. We've been talking to Apple stock and uh, recommending a buy price when it gets back to $250. <laughs> um, Anyway, it's the Welcome Back Charlie and Wither JD episode of the off-season podcast here as the Josh Donaldson waiting game continues. Uh, Eric, are you getting are you getting uh, a little worried, anxious, or you just kind of said, whatever, man, just get it over with? Uh, I think it's a problem. I think it's a problem that the Nationals are in on it. Yeah. Because yeah, now too. you got two teams that are, you know, basically going to be bidding against each other and yeah, I'm a little worried it's going to just get to a point the Braves aren't comfortable with, you know. Um, it's crazy because the way the market's been the last few years, um, I thought there's no chance J.D. was getting a four-year yeah. deal, not not because he's not worth yeah. it, but just it's, it he's the exact guy that's been – Yep. That's been getting hit, you know, the the a little bit older type of veteran guy that's still putting up numbers, but everybody's waiting for him to fall off a cliff or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just wild how the the changes in the market have changed my own perception of guys' values, you know. Uh if he if he came off this season in 2014 or 15, you're talking a four-year deal. Yeah. Everybody probably says, you know, that's yeah. a great deal. And now it's kind of shocking he's getting it. So, I guess we'll just see what happens, but I think it's a problem the the Nationals are in on it. Um, first of all, before we, we move on, welcome back to Charlie Culberson, a.k.a. Charlie Clutch, a.k.a. Handsome Charlie, whom yep. Braves fans last saw with a bruised handsome face from being hit by a 90-mile-an-hour Fernando Rodney fastball that broke his, uh, what, broke head. his cheek, broke his head, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it was a mess. In September, uh, in Washington, of course, uh, missing the rest of the season and the division series loss against the, the Cardinals. He got non-tendered at the start of December since the Braves didn't want to pay the approximate $1.8 million that he would have gotten in arbitration. He had a little slippage statistically in the second half. 
But after he got listened to a couple smaller MLB offers from other teams, Charlie, who lives here in suburban Atlanta, didn't think uh, you know any of those deals were worth you know up and moving his team and or his team, his family, and uh, you know get another place to stay this year and all that. So you know he lives north in the burbs in northern Atlanta burbs. So uh, worst case scenario, if he ends up being starting a season in Gwinnett or has to spend any time there. He can go literally from his house to Triple A Gwinnett team in the same, probably about the same, just close to the same amount of time as it takes to get to uh, SunTrust Park. So that works out well. And he'll get a prorated share of a million bucks uh, if he makes the Braves roster. So if he's on at opening days, there plays all year for the Braves, he'll get a million this year. So I think that was good. So, that was a good, good move for the Braves. Yeah, I'm sure they did it the right way because, you know, if he signed back on a minor league deal, he's obviously not bitter. Uh, it just tells right. me they were – they were real transparent with everything for him. You know, a lot of times gave him a chance to look elsewhere. I'm sure they just said, look, go, you know, go feel out the market. If you get yourself right. a better deal, take it. We'd be happy for you, but we got a minor league deal sitting on the table, you know, take as much time as you want. Uh, yep. We'd love to have you back. We love what you've done. And and teams do that for veteran guys. It, it feels yeah. good, man. You feel like you're getting treated with respect and that transparency means a lot. And I'm sure for him, um, you know, like you said, the, the chance to come back and, and be living at home and everything. Once you've got a family, man, that's a huge yeah. perk, not having to pack the suitcases and drag three kids around kids, the country. Three little kids. Yeah, it's a nightmare moving kids around. Yeah. So I'm sure that's a big deal for him. He's probably happy with it. And I, yeah. I think he's going to have a really good shot of making the team. Yeah, too. And I'm sure there's an out in it, too, probably in, in uh, June, June 1st or something like that, that if uh, if he hasn't been put on the roster yet and he's playing well in AAA, he's, some, some team is going to want him, so. Yeah, and what you he, know, what he, I signed with the Pirates one year, and uh, Huntington pretty much just their GM. He just said, "Look, what the end? Of, he might even have an opt out at the end of camp or something." Because what they said was, "If we can get you a major league job somewhere else, we'll send you off there too." Yeah, uh, you got a great shot to make our team. If you don't, yeah. you know, and there's a big league deal for you, we're not going to hold you hostage. That was the difference between the the Rangers were offering me the same thing, and they said, "Look, if you don't make our team, we want you to go to AAA for a month." Uh -huh. And just that difference, I just said, I'm going to Pittsburgh then. And I wound up yeah. coming back to Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what, that's the thing. A lot of guys have uh, either the June 1st opt-out or whenever, somewhere around there. or And then some others, like you said, have an opt-out at the end of camp. If they're not on the Major League yeah. roster, then they can go elsewhere if they want to. But they respect so. the guy. They like him a lot. They're going to take care of him. Oh, yeah. That which is cool. wrong. Yeah. Uh, now to the bigger subject at hand, the Donaldson mess uh, or, or the waiting game. Um, this has given a lot of Braves fans angina, or at least a lot of anxiety, and perhaps a bit of dread, as you mentioned, that that he might not not only sign elsewhere, but sign with the dastardly Nationals, the rival that uh, Braves have. Braves fans have grown to hate, and now even have more reason to with their World Series championship, while the Braves are trying to break a nearly two-decade drought without a playoff series win. Or even a even a wild card game win for that matter, as that cl hits close to home with you, I know. <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Like I said, man, it's it's a problem that it's always a problem when a team in your division. Um, it's not a problem yeah. for JD because it's going to get him paid. But yeah. once a yeah. team in your division starts yeah. getting involved, um, you know, if they miss out on him and he's hitting home runs against him in April, it's it's going to feel oh, yeah. shitty, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, the problem, like you said, is the Nationals lost Anthony Rendon to free agency. They're coming off the World Series title. They got a lot of money. They're eager to try to, even after uh, paying for Strasburg, they're still under the the tax cap. And and if you hit that one time, it doesn't even, it's not really, 
it's not a big deal if you only exceed the luxury tax thing one time. Um, the Nationals lost him, so they're trying to defend a World Series title. They're going to have a huge spike in attendance this year. Uh, you don't want to go into the season if you're them with a hole in the middle of your lineup, just like the Braves don't want to, and uncertainty at third base, especially not after spending to keep Strasburg uh, in that loaded rotation and losing Rendon, who was kind of the heart and soul of their uh, lineup and yeah. their team, you know, their team on the field. So, so I think even if it takes overspending on a three-year deal for the Nationals or going to that guaranteed fourth year that Donaldson and his agent are really trying hard to get. Uh, the Nationals might be willing to do it rather than lose out on Donaldson and be left scrambling, you know, to fill third base and likely have to give up multiple prospects to fill that hole with Chris Bryant. So they're facing kind of the same situation the Braves are, except they are, they have, you know, you could argue they have more riding on it after coming off the World Series and after spinning on Strasburg. Yeah, well, and their owner just seems a lot more likely to. Yeah. To just burn a year on a contract and and yeah. be willing to eat it. You know, I, you could criticize the Braves if they don't get him, except that they've spent a, a good amount of money this offseason. You know, yeah. it's not like they haven't done anything. If they were sitting here and hadn't done anything yet and, uh, exactly. and you know, p- penny pinching over Donaldson, it'd be pretty easy to get on him. But they've they've signed quite a few deals and, and good deals, too. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't I don't know, man. It's going to be. It's going to be interesting to see it play out, but if you're Donaldson, man, you just wait for wait for one of them to give you what you want at this point uh, with two teams fighting over you. One team, right? Yeah, one team. It could happen any time. It could happen while we're doing this podcast. It might not happen before Christmas. We just don't know. I mean, there's really no indication so far other than there's some teams that obviously are eager to get their third base situation resolved. That's why I tend to think it's going to happen this week or before You know, the teams go into that dead week at Christmas. The Nats... If the Nats aren't willing to meet his price and the Braves aren't, um, I'm not saying the Braves aren't, I'm saying if they aren't, the Rangers moving into this new ballpark, they're trying to make a big splash other than the fire that they had the other day at the new ballpark. <laughs> I saw that. Place <laughs> Didn't burning down already. Of Fred McGriff, man. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> they might win the World Series now. <laughs> yeah, and you got to spend, I mean, that's a good omen then, I guess. They got to spend yeah. some money. They might just be ready to outbid the Braves for Donaldson too. They Texas really needs a third baseman, so... Uh, if you're Donaldson, who just turned 34, in this day and Mark, in this day and age, this really was just about the perfect year for him to be a 34 year old third baseman coming off a huge bounce back season that he won well, it's the looking NL. Like it now, yeah, he won the NL Comeback Player of the Year award with Anthony Rendon and Mustakas off the board, and a, several contending teams still looking for a third baseman. And the big bucks Dodgers also interested and willing to shuffle the pieces on their board and make room for Donaldson if it came to that. One of those teams is going to end up ponying up and paying Donaldson a lot more than people like yourself and me probably thought he could have even dreamed of getting in another contract a year ago when he signed that one-year $23 million deal with the Braves, hoping to restore his free agent value, which is exactly what the former AL MVP did. Yeah, he bet on himself. I mean, I'm sure there yep. were some lower value, like two or three year deals offered yep. to him, but you know, he's gonna be sitting pretty now. If if he gets a four years hundred, he he wound up getting himself five years one twenty five ish, you know. So um Yeah, he could have done a three year deal with a lot lower 60, AAV, you know, yeah. or yeah. fifty five or something, but he something bet on like himself. That, yeah. It's it's not easy to do as a player when there's three years guaranteed or something on the table, but um it's two. it's just gonna yeah, he would have had probably two, but he did have some two-year offers. Yeah, yeah. So 
I mean, good for him, man. Hats, hat tip to him for having the balls to do it because it's not easy to make that move. But yeah. um, it's yeah, just going to come down to it, man. You guys just see who, who ponies up. He does. Oh, oh, yeah, he lives with him. <laughs> he, uh, I mean, this is the guy that when a uh, Toronto, when the Toronto writer uh, came down to do a magazine story on him, he was like a god in Toronto from day one. That whole that whole persona and arrogance and all that perceived arrogance that kind of turned off Braves fans initially. Cause you know, we're not used to that here in Atlanta from Braves, you know, kind of a button down organization over the years, but that whole persona was huge from day one in Toronto. They loved him for it. So plus he hit from day one there too. So it took about a month for him to get going here. But um, he's when the Toronto writer showed up at his, at his house outside of uh, mobile, to, to do a story on uh, on Josh, a big feature. <laughs> and the guy knocked on the door, and Josh has all his tats, you know, going. And and, uh, and Josh told him that, you know, he's explaining his tats. He said, I'm going to get a tattoo of a lion on my on my chest. And the guy said, what for? <laughs> and he said, the lion's king of the jungle, and I'm king of the fucking jungle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's not an act, man. That's, that's, no. <laughs> that's what you're dealing with all day, every day. And you just kind of learn to shake your head and laugh at it, you know, once <laughs> – and especially, you know, if if he's doing that hitting two forty six with like seven homers, it's it's not yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> when you when you back when a guy has that confidence and he backs it up, man, you just learn to embrace it and and kind of yeah. enjoy that side of him and, and shake your head when he's and you know kind of amped up team. at two o'clock and and enjoy him at seven. That kind of yeah. can power your team. We saw that happen with yeah. the Braves, man. Uh, he will be thirty seven in the fourth year of his if of a contract if he gets a four year deal. Um, the Braves in mine, and I'm sure your mind, Eric, uh, those teams, the Nats, Dodgers, perhaps the Rangers, all have the money to overpay Donaldson. The Braves, I think, you think, should also have the money to pay Donaldson what it takes to keep him and avoid being in the same situation as the Nats right now, which is, you know, worried about third base and the hole in their lineup. But the Braves aren't coming off a World Series. They're not going to have the huge uh, spike in attendance. They don't. They do, they do have a new stadium, and they got then they're raking in money from the battery. We don't know yeah, how the, much money, the, but they're raking in money. The battery's got to be killing it. Yeah, the Nats have the huge TV deal, which the Braves don't have, but they don't have the battery like the Braves do. So I wish we did have that. I wish there was a way to find out exactly how much the money they're making, and maybe that'll be leaked, and we'll find out somehow. But that's tough to – it's tough to – pin that down and they've done a good job of spreading that around and having to hold this stuff, you know, this real estate ventures going and all this. So it's difficult, but they're making a lot of money and they're and Liberty media officials told their stockholders as much, you know, and, and, and several times in the last year or so. Uh, but the Braves, like you said, they've already made some big deals this off season, some good deals. They bolstered the bullpen, which they, which could be the best in the league. If those guys stay healthy, they replaced a retired catcher, when in uh, Brian McCann, they got they got uh, Travis Darno to do that. Spent sixteen million for two years for that, and they filled the rotation need with Cole Hamels. So now the payroll is at about one hundred and thirty million, which would be already the highest opening day payroll in franchise history. So would it still, really? Yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. But you know that's relative because back in the nineties, the payrolls were so much lower, and the Braves were top right. two or three in baseball. Okay. So. Yeah, they were up there with the Yankees back then. Okay, the okay. Because I was going to say, man, I thought I felt like they spent back in the day. They did. They did. They were so Ted the, Turner spent. It's just the, the payrolls were so much lower. Yeah, exactly. Got you. They would have like a right now, it's like a you know two hundred million dollar payroll. You know, if if by by comparison, 
and, and a couple of years ago, two two fifty when those teams, you know, the Yankees and the and the Red Sox were up around that area, stratosphere, and the Dodgers. So, um, still, um, you know, I know how determined and obsessed even the Braves are with keeping dead money off their payroll going forward. That's the big thing. That's their like their mantra because they've ran into trouble with that in the past, and they've seen so many other teams have that and get get handcuffed by it and have these. Uh, albatross contracts around their necks and they're so determined to avoid that which is why you've seen out uh, anthopolis give nothing but one and two year deals basically you know with a couple of exceptions for really younger guys but you know they want to assure that they never have that you know they're not paying 20 30 million to guys who aren't productive anymore and they're worried that donaldson if you gave him four years could very well be that in the fourth year of that or even the third year if he can't move anymore at third and you don't, and you know, you can't be certain they're going to have the DH in the NL. There's a good chance they will at this next CBA, but there's also the chance they don't. And if they, and if if not, and you've got Donaldson on a four year deal, good luck trading him in year four if he can't play third base. Yeah, and that's why the that's why the luxury tax is such a big deal because you know you used to just be purchasing a player and you spread the money out however you want. So yeah. if you thought Donaldson was yeah. worth a hundred million, you give him a hundred million for nine years or one, it didn't really matter. You just spent the money. But now how it affects your future spending and all those other sides of it and the dead money, it's yeah. not even, you know, the Braves having the dead money. It's trying to get rid of that dead money um, and how it affects your luxury tax and all that. It kind of it, it changes a lot. But, you know, teams are spending again this offseason. Yeah, they um, are. I mean, the Garrett Cole big- deal, Strasburg, I didn't I didn't know it was going to work out that quick and that fast. It's it's a completely different offseason than we've seen like the last yeah. two for sure. But still, and and still, though, some would argue that still the studs are getting paid, the stars, but that yeah. middle class, are they getting paid? I don't know. I mean, most of this, you know, we had this happened to be a free agent class that had a bunch of studs. Last year, the two or three that were there, remember, they got huge deals. But, you know, like, eventually, uh, Bryce Harper. But that held up the whole market. Yeah, it held up the whole market. Took. These guys this got year paid just right away this faster. year. Yeah, yeah so you get – You'll get a look at at if these guys are getting paid, you know, this year versus the last few years. These guys right. are still waiting for jobs in in uh, February and March. Yep, yep. And all the big ones last year happened late. Remember, Bryce Harper, yeah. uh, uh, Manny Machado. Those all happened late. This year, they all happened early. All the big ones happened early. There's not going to be any more huge ones this winter. Yeah, Scotty B. Boris. He made his uh, he yep. made his adjustment. You know, he's he maxed his stuff out early and got it done versus. You know, he used to play that waiting game and always kind of get bailed out. I remember the year Prince yeah. Fielder was trying to sign, and I, I can't remember what happened. Somebody got hurt. Maybe Miguel Cabrera or Victor Martinez or somebody got hurt or something, and Boris wound up getting the deal he was looking for in, in late in the offseason. But yeah. for a while, it looked like he wasn't going to get it, and it seemed like things just kept happening for him, you know, in his favor that yeah. that played off. You know, waiting waiting paid off for him. And then last year, I mean, it it wound up working out, but it messed up the whole market taking that long. Yeah. You know what, though? Boris, uh, in the end, things do seem to work out for him. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he, he's, he's probably got, made – how much he, money he's he, made this offseason. Hey, he's still got Ryu out there, remember? So he's going to yeah. go over a billion dollars. And I was looking at it the other day. I'm, fig- I'm figuring he makes 5%. That's what most of the agents make. Some are six. S- some of the big-time agents are six. So he's got either 50 or $60 million off those contracts. Yeah, and if he has Tommy John, he he doesn't set him back at all. <laughs> he's still he's still making money next year, every exactly. year. Exactly, exactly. 
And he's got a huge overhead and a lot bigger than almost all the other agents because he's got the two offices, one in Newport, one in Florida. He's got all the upper, you know, the uh, the uh, state-of-the-art type training. Yeah, he does. Uh, training gear, uh, training uh, uh, camps and and staff. He's, you know, he's got all these nutritionists and, and, physi- and physical therapists and, and trainers on his staff. So he's got a lot of guys he's paying. And his clients get that shit for free. It's included in the price. So... Yeah, um, and that's a smart move by him, man, because it's yeah. you see him, it he pays purges off. a lot of clients. He gets a lot of guys yeah. to switch to him. I yeah. think a Braves guy just switched to him, didn't he? Um uh Langolier's the the top catching prospect. Just yeah, so his his agent got his signing bonus cut and then Boris just took him and whenever he starts getting paid, you know, that's how it seems to keep working out. So yep. all those things are definitely paying off for him. But yeah, he's probably not you know, he's not taking home all fifty million, but he's no, like we not, said, he's not doing close, fine. But still, if he's taking home five million, fine. that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he's hey, doing good. How about he uh, could do it forever too? Oh yeah. Well, he's is he? Uh, does he? I, I would imagine he brings guys out there like on a recruiting trip sometimes if they're in Southern California, you know, or, or Florida to see the training facilities and what they're going to get if they sign up with him, right? Kind of like a college. Recruiting. Oh yeah, for sure. And and yeah. all the perks too, man. If if you got a big time agent, that's kind of what I noticed. I switched to. Um, Dan Lozano, uh, Donaldson's uh-huh. agent. Yeah. All of a sudden, you can just call any restaurant, and yeah. the you know the hot spot in New York's not really moving tables for a relief pitcher, but when the relief <laughs> pitcher has Pujols and Jimmy Rollins and Joey Votto's agent and all these other big time names, they'll squeeze yeah. me in to a corner. You know what I mean? So it's there's yeah. perks even for for you know middle of the road guys to to switch to those bigger time agents that you know the smaller agents just don't have that pull. So it's yeah. one of those things that, you know, it's, he could just offer so much. He's just going to keep getting guys yeah. and keep making money. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have, you know, another one of those perks is like, for instance, last year, he had Austin Riley, who's a Boris client. He had him come out and work and stay with uh, with Pujols for like three days and, and, and work out with him, play golf with him out in, in, uh, in uh, Orange County. I mean that's yeah. a huge perk that a young player would have no uh, no access to other uh, other than uh, Boris setting it up. So and Austin yeah. really learned a lot from Pujols. Took some stuff that he'll never forget. Some lessons. So yeah, yeah. Scotty B. He's got to figure it out. Um. So anyway, yeah, with Donaldson, I say you know if you're the Brace, jack up the the AAV on a three year deal and make this happen. Overpay a little bit, you know. They're not obviously nowhere close to the luxury tax. That's not even a concern. Exactly. And uh, and this and that and that way, the, the worst that can happen is you. You, I think you can feel pretty comfortable that he's going to he's going to be a, a very viable guy for the next couple of years. Just in wa- watching him last year, the Cavs were never an issue last year. <laughs> he had some tightness for like one two days early in you know in spring training, but he this guy played almost every game after middle May. He wanted to be in there every day, and he was day games after night games, everything. Not yeah, he didn't he have to drag ass. himself out there. He, yeah, he he busted his ass every game, and, yeah. and that's what you learn to respect about him. And you know that that spirit he has isn't going to die, even if his body starts kind of getting beat yeah. up. I see him just finding a way to get back out there. But you know, if, if you need, to- you open up a new stadium, you got the battery and all that stuff. The, the money's got to be there. I I wouldn't be. Got- I mean, I, like I said before, I'd, I'd burn a franchise down before I miss out on players. So. <laughs> I say if, do it. And if you got Austin Riley there, I mean, you could you could always pull him back and give him more rest and have, play him 120, 130 games. And Riley, you know, can can give, that way can get some games and be ready to step in in a few years. You know, when uh, when he's gone, Riley can play. 
If you want to keep Riley, you don't trade him. You can have him play some corner outfield backup and back up both corners at uh, third and first base. Give Freddie an occasional day off. Yeah, so, and it's just yeah, it's it undeniable. Can make it work. No, you can make it work. Somebody's going to be it, hurt too with old guys. Yeah, you know. Platooning and it's, it's just undeniable the difference he made hitting behind Freddie. Which Absolutely. if you don't sign Donaldson, you got to find. Absolutely. That's a position they're in where you got to get somebody hitting behind Freddie like that, regardless. Yeah. Because it, I mean, Freddie was on the way to. 40, 45, homers, maybe 50 last year, the way he was hitting. Yeah. Um, you got to have somebody – you have to have noticed the effect that had on, on Freddie's season and, and want to have that same bat behind him next year. And all the intangibles that people saw in the clubhouse and saw the demeanor, in, you know, in the dugout. People could see it on TV. I mean, yeah. shit, how many millions was the, the umbrella celebration worth? I mean, just entertainment value. <laughs> they have, to have a JD umbrella day. In, this team in had an identity, man. They haven't had an yeah. identity like that in the past. So between him and the energy that Acuna and Ozzy play with, they have a new, they have an identity now, man. But Oh, they're coming at you. Yeah, I say be willing to part if if you're not going to give him that three year deal with a, with a jacked up rate and he won't accept that and you don't want to go four, then you better be willing to part with the prospects it takes to get a bat like uh, like uh, Chris Bryant because he should have two years left before free agency. Chris Bryant, unless the arbiter surprises everybody and rules that it's only one year, but everybody seems to think it's going to be two because they would be opening up a whole can of worms if they go to one year. Um, that changed everything. Yeah, but, uh, you know, part with the prospects to get Chris Bryant because, like you said, you've got to have another big bat in the middle of that order. And while you could get by going with Camargo and and and, and uh, Austin Riley at third base, you still haven't added that big bat. And unless you think a guy like Ozuna, you know, uh, is going to do that in the outfield, I don't. I mean, they're going to give up so much defensively. You know, he's okay. He's not, but he's not a center fielder anymore, and he's not great in the corner outfit anymore. And you're going to have to overpay because Azuna's going to get probably four years and a hundred million from what I'm How from what I'm hearing. How old is he? He's not an old guy, but I mean, still, if you're going to give a four year deal, I mean, you're going to, and you're going to block because you don't want to block an outfit. The Braves don't want to give an outfielder four years when you've got your top two prospects in the organization. Arguably, definitely your best two position guys are two outfielders, Drew Waters and Christian Pache. You've got Acuna, obviously, with already one of the spots taken care of. So, you know, you're not just signing Ozuna and overpaying him. You're also blocking one of those young kids that you're going to have to trade then. So, I don't, I don't see that as I, I just think it's so much easier. It's a match. Donnie's a match, it, man. Donaldson. Donnie's a match. a match. And then if if not Donaldson for some reason, you don't want to pay then give up the prospects to get Chris Bryant to me. I mean, that's another 30 home run guy. You know, he's not going to give you the Donaldson D, he's, but, he, but he's still okay. Uh, I just don't see a third option. If one exists, uh, Alex is going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat and trade for a player no one realizes right now is even available, I think, if, uh, if it's not one of those guys. Right. Yeah, I agree. Or cross your fingers and hope that Johan Camargo can revert to pre-2019 form and handle third base or hope that Austin Riley is ready for something much closer to the form that he had in his first six weeks as a rookie last year and not the whiffed plague, plagued form that he showed uh, that got him bumped from the starting role, you know, before he got hurt after that. So, yeah, okay. I, I, just, I think that this team's that, you know, if you're running it, you, you got to be fully aware of this window, though, and how how close you are. And even yeah. last year, how close you were to doing something big. And, you know, it, it'd be a shame to, to penny pinch and, and 
not make that move and and get this thing done because I mean they could if guys turn out to be what what they look like they are the guys that all took those big steps forward last year yeah I, you gotta believe this team can win a World Series the next couple years yeah I mean they had the team look at last year I mean this is yeah. a team that beat you know that, that that was better than the Nationals from for really during the regular season other other than uh, you know at the very start of the year the first time they played but they were better than them all year and. And the Nationals rolled to the World Series title. So, I mean, Nationals got hot at the Go right time. It. Braves just got to yep. keep going back to the postseason and get hot at the right time. And make sure you yeah. have the pitching. They didn't have the starting pitching to do it last year. You got to make sure you have that. Yeah. You know, they could have if Keiko would have gone in on the roll that he was on for a while. But then again, you're gambling when you got a guy that old, whether he's going to be on that roll or he's going to be in a lull, which he was. So. Um, would yep. Donaldson on a multi-year deal block Austin Riley's rival? Perhaps, but you know, you've talked about prospects. You can't count on, but there's no reason Riley couldn't spend most or all of another season in triple a, then be used kind of in a backup role at both the infield and outfield corners for another year or two. There's no reason he can't. And keep in mind, yeah, just the uncertainty of it. You yeah. Know? And keep in mind the Braves don't give no trade clauses, so they could always move Donaldson provided he's healthy through the first couple of years of the deal, they could move him in, th- in a third year of a deal. So, And that's if Riley just develops and he's so ready and he forces their hand that they can turn over third base to him is what I'm envisioning, you know, in a case like that. that then you can move well, on. What's the, what's the downside of having a block prospect? Oh, shit, we got too None. much talent. Exactly. You know, then, then you're in a good spot. You make a move that, and, you, and you have the luxury of doing what you want versus, and- God damn it. This guy's struggling. He's not who we thought he was. Now we got this big hole at third base, and yeah. we're trying to fill it. JD's hitting homers off you, you know, Killing <laughs> all season you. Yeah. long playing for the Nationals, and, and going, they're looking good. And, you and know, you're going, why again didn't we spend the money to keep the guy that was the heart and soul of the team, arguably, for much of the yeah. year? You know, yeah. and in that same scenario, or they could trade Raleigh in that scenario. Say, say he bounces back to form and he's killing it again, either in AAA or he comes up and he's raking in it, you know, in his, in his opportunities here – like he destroyed AAA pitching in April and May last year before he got called up. Then he destroyed Major League pitching for six weeks. That could surely be a big piece in a trade if you need to fill another need at some point. And Donaldson's doing it. Donald, you don't, you want to keep Donaldson for the duration of the contract? Bigger point yeah, of all this. The only is, hard part about that. The only hard part about that with with Riley's already done it in AAA, so that's not going to be as convincing. You know, he's going to no, have to do it in the big exactly. leagues to have that huge value. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, um, but the bigger point of all this. The Braves are a lot better team with Josh Donaldson. They're just yes. a lot better. His impact on the field, in the batter's box, in the dugout, and in the clubhouse is just really yes. substantial. He brings he brings a level of badassery, an edge that this team lacked before he came aboard last year. Brian McCann brought a lot of that too. People, he's just a more huggable kind of demeanor when he's not between the lines. But now that McCann yeah, but is gone, has to be like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's that guy that when he flips that switch, you know, it's he can't turn back. He just starts seeing red. He blacks out and he rages. You know, <laughs> he has to be nice to people all the time because he can't risk ever ever crossing that threshold because there's no turning back for him. But yeah, absolutely, that's there with him too, and he's gone. So yeah, he's gone. You definitely need some of that in your in your clubhouse. And you really don't want to see what if, if what might happen by losing their two tough veterans at the same time, and they're just hoping that the other guys can pick up the slack. I mean, right. You know, Cole Hamels is not that kind of guy. He's a great leader for the pitching staff, but he's not going to get in your face like, uh, you know, <laughs> and bust balls like Josh Donaldson did. So 
Uh, well, it's hard to gauge though because I remember when Hamels drilled Harper and started walking toward him. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot you know, about it's, that. It's 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 hard to gauge who he is on the field versus you know a lot of these guys are nice. You know that yeah they play nice in their interviews and yeah and they know how to act like nice guys. But he comes the, across you know, as between the lines. That you're right. He's, he's yeah got he does. That, he's oh big that, time. He's got that tenacity. It's on too the pretty. Mouth. Yeah yeah. I, that was a good sign. I really like that one. Maybe I'll be wrong I in midseason if he breaks down, but I really like that sign. I don't care how old he is. Um, Fine, yeah. So if they do, they get Donaldson there. They or if they don't get Donaldson, they better at least replace his big bat. Right now, the only guy that seems available, capable of doing that, is is Bryant. We talked about this, and that's provided the Cubs will even trade him. There's some some people who think the Cubs are just talking at at. Uh, at uh, the winter meetings so that they think their fans believe they're doing something that they're not standing packed because they really didn't make any big moves there. Um, he's something of, of an iconic player over there, even though he's relatively young, he's only been, you know, in the big league six years, but he was such a big part of the Cubs team that broke the curse. And he's, you know, he's an MVP over there. He's already won an MVP. And so the Cubs aren't going to let him go without you giving a lot back. They just aren't. Yeah. So Braves fans need to know that to not expect Anthopolis to to be able to quote win this potential trade the way he's won some others. You know they're going to have to give up. It's going to have to be a painful price to get Bryant. That that just goes with trading. Yeah, yeah and the Cubs could hold on to him and trade him in July for yep. probably just as much if he's hot again. Yeah, you know, if he's himself, still be a year and a half. Guys have control. A- yeah, and guys have a rough year or two, man. It's crazy how much their stock drops off some injuries or yeah. you know, getting JD for one year twenty three last year. Yeah. You would have never you could have never imagined that when he was hot. Exactly. But that's just kind of how quick that can all kind of flip over. Uh they're gonna they're gonna play hardball with with Bryant for sure. Yeah. So you get you get Donaldson, you get Bryant, or you be prepared for some real drop off at third base if the Braves go with Camargo. Or trade. For I don't want someone, to prepare for that. Or trade for someone besides Bryant. I mean, Mikel Franco. Anyone? Cool. <laughs> Seager, you're hey out your way. Who was really good? I don't like Seager. Till I don't last like year. him as much behind Freddie because he's left-handed. Yeah, and he so really if, if, fell if, off last year, didn't he? Yeah, but he's been hurt. He's had yeah. some some weird injuries and stuff, yeah. and he's got short arms. I don't like his short arms, but that's just a stupid baseball thing. That doesn't yeah. really mean anything. Um, but. You know him being left-handed behind Freddie's yeah. not going to be the same. No, because if as a left-hander, if I if I'm coming up and I got to pitch to Freddie Freeman yeah. or Seager, yeah. Freddie's not getting shit to hit. Yeah, yeah. Freddie's but if I got Donaldson him. behind him, yeah. I got to challenge Freddie because I don't want to go lefty-righty. You know, it makes a big difference having that that uh, opposite-handed hitter behind you. If you don't have a, a hitter. Uh, the caliber of a Josh Donaldson or Chris Bryant. I mean, behind Freddie, Freddie's I, not getting shit. I think he's going to get walked 125 times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I wouldn't give him anything unless if if Donaldson or Bryant's behind him, then I got to pitch to him. But your whole goal when when the Braves come to town is not to let Freddie beat you. Yeah. So you have to almost force them to challenge him, and and JD does that in the buy low area with Kyle Seager. Uh, the other one is Travis Shaw, both coming off disappointing years but not far removed from very productive seasons. Um, let's talk defense in this regarding this third. Specifically, I looked this up. I was crunching. I was looking at a defensive run saved. I mean, I'm a guy that I think there's a, there's a way to go. There's a ways to go before the defensive analytics are as reliable as the offensive ones right, are. Right. But you still, I mean, you look at defensive run saved and the guys that show up at the top are the guys that you think should. The guys like Chapman, the guys like Andrelton Simmons. 
you know, guys Arenado. like Arenado. Yeah. So, I mean, they're obviously, is they're, he an option? I don't think so. I, I think that no, I, you I, have to give up the whole farm. Right. And plus, plus you have to take on the second largest position player salary in the game right now. And the Braves are going to have yeah. to, they're going to have to extend Freddie here within the next year or two. So all of a sudden, <laughs> if you had Arenado, then you're you're paying sixty million or more for two players a year. Yeah, I don't see that happening. No, and then you're going to have Acuna, and you're saying, you know, when he's going to peak at seventeen million. Sorry, Ronald, we're going to pay each of these guys about twice what we're paying you. But hey, I just Ozzy's going to be making like twelve thousand though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> oh, we laugh, but if poor Ozzy, Jesus, no, not poor, but Jesus. Um, but. But anyway, specifically, defense. The importance of it when the Braves are considering options for that last big roster move, the pursuit of the third baseman, or possibly a big outfield bat if they can't get the third baseman and they decide to go with uh, Camargo Riley at third and, and get an outfielder. But defense has been some. a lot of people grasp this and understand this, but I think it's easy to overlook the fact defense have been a huge point of emphasis for the Braves, since, especially since Anthopolis arrived. Every movie's made just about has had defense, and especially the infield, especially the infield. And that's why it seems doubtful to me that they would sacrifice infield defense by trading for, say, a Franco, Mikel Franco. You're giving yeah, up and a, a ton lot. of young pitchers, too, man, yes. that are, you know, their confidence is on the line. They're Ground developing. You, you put up, you want them to have a, a really good defense behind them because they're still building confidence. Tell people it how important matters, that is. It matters, man. It matters so much. You know, just. There was times when when uh, Andrelton was playing shortstop, and I should have been first and third, one out or no outs, and and I'm I'm walking into the dugout getting high fives and daps from all my teammates for <laughs> yeah. this great inning I pitched, and I'm like shit, I gave up two scud missiles in the hole, and and Simba laid out and bailed me out, and I'm not this I'm not this great pitcher right now. I actually felt like shit today, but but I put up a zero because Simmons yeah. picked me up. So yeah, I mean that kind of stuff. As I wasn't a young guy at the time, but. It's hard for young guys to analyze how well they pitch sometimes when the defense lets them down. And, and in baseball, confidence is everything. So yep. you definitely want to have a strong defense, be, especially when you have young prospects kind of getting their feet wet and settling in in the yeah. big leagues. And there's a few more guys on the way. Uh, defense is huge. It's And J.D., man, yeah. everybody overlooks his defense yeah. because he's got so much other shit going on. Yeah. You know, it's like the last thing you're going to notice is how good he's a third baseman when he's doing all all his other antics. But yeah. he's he's one of if he's right up there with Arenado defensively for me. He might not have the same range, but he's a brick wall. He can barehand it. He lays out in the hole, and and just the energy he plays with. He never takes a playoff. You know, innings one through nine. He yeah. wants to make every single play. Having guys like that behind you, man, it's a game changer. Just uh, just ask, just have people think about how many times in the course of 162 games last year, a scorched ground ball to that left side was fielded by JD laying out or stabbing it or leaping and catching it over his head, yep. or Dansby in the hole. Uh, yep. Imagine if the left side of the infield was subpar or just average. How many of those balls are hits and how many of those games are totally different? I mean. You can't overstate how important it is to have somebody really good at the hot corner at third base, you know, compared. Especially for your confidence, man. You know, if you get a guy that gets called up too, like a Bryce Wilson gets a big start or something, three or four balls get get through the left side the first couple innings, all of a sudden he's giving up four runs, he's getting sent back down. Yeah. 
versus having a good outing right. and he's building his confidence and he's turning into that prospect you expected right. him to be. You know, that stuff happens. Um, at big leagues is so much confidence. I mean, it's, it's everything in the game. You know, you, you see guys that yeah. are way more talented than you that just can't put it together because they're not catching these breaks or they got a shitty defense behind them. And, and you're scratching your head like, man, this guy is so damn good. Why is, why is he struggling at the big league level? And putting that putting that big defense behind him can change their whole career. Yeah, and you said it really can. And it sounds stupid, but it really can. And you said Angelton Simmons, man. That's why I thought, and I still think to this day, that was just a stupid trade. And I don't care if Newcomb <laughs> ends up being a really good top of the rotation starter. You know, if that's a big if. But even if that happens, I think that was a stupid trade. I think you sign Angelton Simmons to a ten year extension, and you have the best shortstop in the game behind your pitchers and you just don't even have to worry about that anymore because then right now as good as Dansby is defensively and he's good he's well above average but he isn't even Dansby's close good. to me to Andrelton Simmons and to me well, he's, go ahead talk about Simmons being one of the best defensive shortstops ever. ever so that's no knock on Dansby at all he might it's be the best he might be the he best is. ever yeah, TP said he's the best he's ever seen. TP played with Ozzy, and TP he said he's, said right he's Ozzy with, with a stronger arm. That's what TP said. Yeah, <laughs> you can't give a guy a better compliment than that. And and then maybe if you have Andrelton Simmons over there, is what I was getting at. Is maybe you can go a little lesser third baseman. You know, maybe uh, Chipper <laughs> late in his career when he doesn't have quite the range he used to going left. If you have Andrelton Simmons over there, that's it's not no as big, big deal. a deal, right? But there's right. a whole lot of balls going through that third base shortstop hole without Andrelton Simmons or without a really good third baseman over there. Yeah, JD man, he goes to his left really well. He does. Uh, he has to stop himself a lot of times from cutting in front of yeah. the shortstop because it's not his. You know, that's that's not his priority. The the shortstop has priority, but um, he goes in the hole. He does everything well at third base. Uh, that's that's something that people are always going to overlook with him with all his antics. But really a- athletic it, it and makes instinctive, a isn't he? Even at 34, he's really just, athletic. He's a lunatic, man. He's, yeah. just, he's just amped up Intense. and going after every ball. Pretty similar to Andrelton, the way he wants to make every play. Yeah. Oh, Andrelton would just beat himself up if he didn't make a play, a spectacular play. You'd look out there, and he's, <laughs> yeah. look, and he's looking at himself like, what an idiot. He's just He would just beat himself up, man. I loved like, how much that like, guy loved how to win. I mean, loved wanting to win. He hated losing. Hated it. Yeah, you know. We used to crack up. Me and Paul Yanish, my last year in Atlanta, used to watch Andrelton and even the little stuff he did. He did where he would just hold the ball on the runner just in case <laughs> their foot came off second yeah. base. Oh like, yeah, this dude was just addicted to stealing outs. But he does all those little things. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it it's a game changer, man. He would do those little things, like you said, like a shitty utility guy who's who's trying to you know to make <laughs> yeah, the most of trying his to day stay in the league. He's trying to make the most of his one day in the starting lineup. Andrelton would do those things. In addition to making the pirouette turn play behind second base and throwing out, you know, Travis Darno and going, Jesus, how did he do that? Or the or the yeah. or the Jeter throw from the outfield grass, but what with more with much more zip on the ball. And 15, 20 feet more range. <laughs> yeah. God, he was good. I miss that dude. Um I do too. Yeah. Anyway, Bryant, uh, so if you're going to sacrifice defense, what I was getting at is the Braves have put so much emphasis on it. And I know this from talking to people there. If they're going to sacrifice defense, it's only going to be for a big bat. It's got to be a big bat. It's not just a 20. It's got to be a big bat. It's got to be Bryant. Yeah, not just a 15, 20 homer guy and an average hitter. They're not giving up defense for that. So Bryant, yeah, maybe that's enough to tip the scales, but not a Franco. Surely not, at least from those I've talked to. Um, no, I don't get excited about that. Yeah. Um, 
we talked about Donaldson so much. He's better in his bounce back season defensively than anybody expected. I mean, uh, the, nobody I know expected him to be that good defensively. And it shows he's up. He's just got to be healthy. And it that's shows the only up. question mark that there's ever been for him is, is his health. And that's why they got him on a one year last year, but he's about to get paid. And that and metric I was talking about, defensive run save, DRS, it shows up. He was second among MLB third baseman last year in defensive run saved at 30, 30, age 33 season. 15 defensive runs saved. The only guy ahead of him was Oakland's Matt Chapman, who a lot of people think is like the third base version of Andrelton Simmons. I mean, this guy's been pretty phenomenal since he got in the league. He's, Yeah, he's just doing it in Oakland. If he was doing what he was doing in yeah. a bigger market, you'd hear a lot more about it. But that guy's a stud. Yeah, he's won a gold glove uh, each of his first two full seasons in the majors. Chapman had 18 defensive runs saved last year, which was down for him. Um, the third highest total for, for defensive runs saved among uh, – Third baseman, four players with eight apiece, including Nolan Arenado. <laughs> That's like half. He had half what Donaldson had last year. Are you shitting me? And and Arenado won the gold glove that some people believe Donaldson last year, but Arenado's already won the previous seven since he got in the big leagues, uh, six. So it, he's one of those. It's kind of like. Uh, it's his. You know, this guy, yeah. You know how Maddox yeah. wanted every year as a pitcher. Um, yeah. And Andrew, deservedly so, for, for his. But once they get so many in a row, they're going to keep getting them as long as they don't just fall off the face of the earth. So Arenado's now won seven in a row. I feel like Simmons should just be a given. But he, I guess he was hurt a lot last year. But he should yeah, just. Yeah, he was hurt. And, you know, and the other guy we talked about, Lindor. Yeah. He got it. Yeah. So, Which he's not an option for the Indians to trade anymore, is he? He is. He is. But it's going to be like, uh, you know, bets. It's going to be. You're gonna to have to give up the house for ridiculous him. outlay, especially for Lindor's two years and Betts is only one. So yeah, the Indians don't have to trade him, and they're doing this trying to be competitive. You know, at the same time, they're not like rebuilding. You know, per se, they're trying to do what the Braves did, which is what how John Hart put it: walk two paths at the same time, which did not work. Yeah. Where you try to yeah. compete and rebuild, it did not work with the Braves. But that's what the Indians are trying to do. It's hard to be just, half in, half out, man. You're either it is. you're either going for it or you're not. That's what, and that's what all the teams are moving to. You either rip yeah. the whole shit down, or you just you go all in. The the you know productive rebuilds kind of. I think teams are learning. It's hard. To, yeah. It's really hard to pull uh, off. So I strongly doubt Colorado was trading Arenado um, anytime soon after signing him to that huge extension a year ago. But even if they do, I don't see the Braves involved because you got to extend Freddie and at some point and some point in the next two years and. It's not the type of market that can play two players over sixty million a year. I just don't see it. Um, That's why you got to do some digging, Dave, and get these numbers. See how much. Uh, see how much the battery's really worth. Then we can have. So what? You know, then we can make some better points. <laughs> then we really <laughs> so know what some it's, asked, what's going on. Some have asked what would be the reluctance to give up uh, prospects for two years of Chris Bryant, assuming he loses his grievance, uh, which most people do, and, and gets two instead of one year. Consider this. Of the 177 major leaguers, and this is the knock on Chris Bryant, of the 177 major leaguers who played any third base in 2019, that's a lot of guys, isn't it? <laughs> if you, that's yeah. People, uh, but that's even if a guy played it you know, for a few innings in one game or whatever. 177 major leaguers. Chris Bryant tied for 171st in defensive runs saved with minus seven in 939 and a third innings at that position last year. He tied so Justin drop Turner. Off. Yep, he tied Justin Turner of the Dodgers, who had minus seven in 1,023 innings, and the White Sox, Yon Mankata, who had minus seven in 1,095 innings. 
The only three who had worse defensive runs saved among third basemen in 2018, the Mets' J.D. Davis, Pittsburgh's Colin Moran, Colin Moran, and the Royals' Hunter Dozier. Now, that's one of those counting stats. So the more you're in the game, obviously, if you're doing really well or doing not so well, those are going to add up. In other words, if you're only playing, you know, 50 innings. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to have either much in the way of plus or minus run defensive run save. You just stay neutral. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Although something stood out. You know, I couldn't believe this. Remember how little Freddie played third base that year when he moved over so they could uh, – Yeah. Matt, and Matt Adams could play first base. Freddie played yeah. like 100 innings at third base. He had three defensive runs saved that year. Three plus. Damn. <laughs> so he was pretty damn good over there. That boy, Freddie. <laughs> well, then you move um, him and get a first baseman, right? Oh God! Here we go. So not that not that defensive run saved is the be all end all of defensive stat, but at least it gives you pause for concern when a player is rated so poorly in that particular analytic, which is yeah. kind of a comprehensive type of stat, and that's you know why some teams like the Braves probably are a little reluctant on Bryant, you know, because this continued a trend. He was tied with ten others in uh, 2018 for 154th among third basemen with minus two defensive runs saved in 712 innings. He was injured He was injured in uh, 18. So, But the year before, he was, really, he was still really good defensively over there. Maybe if healthy, he still can be. He's not old. But he tied yeah. for 26th among third basemen with, with one defensive run saved in 1,200 innings in 17. And the year before that... He was 13th among Major League Third Basemen with four defensive runs saved. So that's good. He was good then. And that okay. was only one, one run uh, defensive run saved behind uh, then Astros rookie Alex Bregman when he was playing a lot of third. So, and it was two runs behind or ahead of Josh Donaldson in that, that year that uh, John Donaldson won the AL MVP. So, There's lot, some inconsistency with this stat, Dave. Uh, well, I know. A lot of numbers, but not – Needless to say, I, or I guess the bottom line would be it wasn't long ago where Bryant was actually rated at least analytically with defensive run saved ahead of ahead of Donaldson. So okay, who knows if that's if that can if he can get that back? But he's only what twenty seven or eight. He's young. Yeah, he's not. He's not. His, his bats. His bat is what you're getting him for. Big. You know. Obviously, but, you just need him to be okay defensively. You just don't cost decent. you. Be yeah. decent. Be average, and that's fine with your if you're hitting thirty bombs. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, so uh, huh, it's worth noting that uh, while guys like Bryant and also JT Turner, another guy I thought you know might be to me seem like it might be a, a decent offer, a decent option for the Braves if uh, if they were to sign Donaldson and, and have to move Turner around the diamond, maybe the Braves could step in and get the Dodgers to pay a little of that twenty million dollar salary his. But those two, Bryant and Turner, both have fallen off defensively in the last couple of years. Um, Donald, while Donaldson just said arguably his keeps best rolling. season defensively yeah. at 33, I don't know, it's yeah. a testament to how hard he works, uh, keeps yeah. himself healthy all winter, and he was just determined to come back. You know, he gets the good, those good angles, the throws, uh, great arm, great arm, and accurate arm. And when he has the well, healthy legs, I think legs, that year that Brian shoulder. beat him was probably, he'd had some arm trouble. Yeah, um, health, yeah shoulder. A few years back. Yeah. So that year that Bryant beat him might have been that year he couldn't throw. Yeah, and then he had the the DL stint for the the same year he had the Cavs a couple years ago. Yeah, he had uh, sore shoulder at the start of camp too. Who knows if that was part of that from not using his legs? Who knows? But anyway, last year it was all healthy. So, 
Uh, and just one other thing. Meanwhile, Johan Camargo was for 144th with minus two defensive runs saved in only 103 innings in 2019, which it was. That's a good representation of his overall disappointing defense last year. Yeah, this is from a yeah, guy. And it's crazy because yeah. Camargo has a cannon. Yeah. And I thought he was a stud short. So I don't know and if he, he was just came into last year just maybe a little comfy, it, you know, he came just in, thinking he had he his big league chunky, job dude. handed to him. He came in chunky. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he should come into this year, you know, with a chip on his shoulder. He could be He could be a lot better. I think he's going to be in shape this year. I think he knows he has to be. They told him, and he knows how bad that hurt him last year coming in. Stronger last year, but built more like a football player. You know, he had a little bit of a belly on him, but he was bigger up top. But that didn't help him baseball-wise. He needed – you know, he didn't play winter ball. He just lifted weights and ate all winter. So he needs to be in better shape this year, and I think he will be. Eating all winter, man, that, that strategy only plays out to you hit like, you know, 23, 24, and then, then the pounds start piling up, and you got to learn how to stay lean. It's an adjustment period for a lot of guys. <laughs> yeah, the metabolism slows a little there in the mid-20s. Um it's not fun. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's not. It's not just uh, delusional or 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 or, or, or uh, you know looking back on Camargo and revisionist history to think he was really good defensively. He was in 2018 when they gave him the keys to third base after they dumped Jose Batista early in the season. Camargo finished in a three-way tie for fourth in the majors in defensive runs saved among third basemen. He had seven defensive runs saved that year in 937 innings. So he was really good. Yeah. That, that's an extreme yeah, drop off. It shocked me to see him. It shocked me to see him moving like that and, and struggling. But, it, you know, he's a guy that's probably played every day, too. So I think, you yeah. know, not having that, that consistency in the lineup, that, that hurt him, too. And Wasn't ready for You don't that. know how he handled it mentally. He could have been yep. caught off guard and kind yep. of pouted a little bit. But you learn pretty quick, man. Nobody gives a shit about you, you know, yeah. in the big leagues. You either, you're either producing or you're not. So you can pout all you want. Uh, yeah. It, I think he'll come in this year with, with you know, last year's probably a big wake-up call for him. He's not playing he'll winter ball again, mindset. but they told him before the offseason what he needed to do. He's fully cognizant of that. He knows he wasn't in great shape last year for baseball, and uh, I'm, and he altered his workouts, I'm sure, this winter. he's not. I, I'm fully expecting him to come in the kind of condition this year that he was in the year before. Uh, uh, he's a, That's a pretty extreme drop-off, though, from plus – Plus seven runs in 937 innings at third in 2018 to minus two in 103 innings at 2019. So, um, he and he and remember you he can't had a count chance, on it. And remember he had a chance to fill in at short when Dansby got hurt on the IL late in the summer, <coughs> and both yeah. he and Charlie Culberson had a chance, and they were both so shaky. They were at, struggling at short with the yeah. glove. And to, to emphasize again how, mu- how much the Braves uh, demand defense from their infielders, when those two guys struggled, got somebody. Yeah, they went out and get a, a Danny Echevarria, who had been released by the Mets a few days earlier. So yep. they might bring back Echevarria, by the way. I think I'm expecting him to be that defensive-minded utility man, backup shortstop they're looking for. He just fits that bill. He did a really good job in that role for the Braves. Yeah, that probably cost Charlie a guaranteed deal, how well he played a shortstop. yep. yep. Um, and, and having that 26 man could give Charlie a, a, a you know a job this year you know having that extra yeah. position player they can use if they want to go that route which I think they will um meanwhile the Braves are counting on Camargo to come in better shape uh, uh you know we went over the, what he did in the offseason and this this year yeah you know they, they sent him home with you know 
pretty clear on what it needed to do. So there won't be any excuses if he doesn't come in in, in camp this kind of time. But it's but like I said, it's not something you can count on. I mean, it's something you can hope for uh, and assume that he knows what's right. But it's not something you can count on. So um, you would prefer for me now is not the window to not know what exactly. you're doing. You know, for now you, you want certainly now because exactly. you've got a special team. You don't want to have to count on him or Austin Riley to handle third base since neither is a sure thing. Riley's solid defensively right. at third, but he hasn't played it that much in the majors, and he slumped so badly, you know, after the six years, uh, six weeks when he was on fire. And I just don't think you can count on him to flip that switch and figure out how to hit the slider or lay off the slider and not getting those those counts where you have to, you know, where you're chasing. Well, it rebuilds your window to figure all that out, and once yeah. you got the team that's. This team could have gone to the World Series this year. You know, they, I I liked how they matched up against the Nationals. You got to think of yourself as being that close to the World Series yeah. last year, watching what the Nationals did. It's just it's yeah. not the time to to take chances. You you sign the sure thing and go for it. So so one other thing I mentioned this guy before, and I'm not saying this is the answer, but Travis Shaw, Milwaukee dude, he ranked as high as sixth among uh, Major League third basemen in defensive runs saved recently. When he, he gave up, he had ten in 2016. And he had three, the same as Josh Donaldson and a few other guys, in 2017. And he moved up to third with nine defensive runs saved in 2018. He was behind only Chapman and Adrian Beltre that year. But then last year, fell off the face of the earth uh, defensively, or overall performance. He slipped back to three defensive runs saved. Still not bad last year in 513 innings. But his offense just plummeted last year. He was hurt. Uh, had some problems with that, but really, I, the, people tried to to explain what happened because he hit 157 with seven homers and a 551 OPS in 86 games last year and got non-tendered by the Brewers. So this is a guy who had 63 homers and 187 ribbies, a 347 OBP and an 844 OPS over the previous two years in 296 games. So he was playing on a regular basis, 1,200 plate appearances over two years. 63 homers, 187 ribbies. So this might be a bounce-back type possibility by, by low guy. He had huge power those two years. So and Not I, exciting. And I, not. <laughs> for me, not exciting. But ironically, the candidates aren't exciting for Ironically, me right now. the juice balls are in play last year, and he falls and he, and he goes into the toilet. So I don't know. Anyway. So yeah. instead of making 4-7 in arbitration, he's a free agent, and somebody's going to get him for cheap and hope that he does something. But uh, yeah. I, I think we've covered what, what they need to do at third. They know how where we're Yeah, standing. we got it. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've handled it. Um, Starling Marte, the Pirates, if you go, you know, if you don't go with a third baseman, if you go with, uh, you know, Riley and uh, Camargo, Starling Marte, he's interesting, solid center fielder with power. But the Braves are okay with their current outfield. They, they're all right with, uh, you know, an Enciarte and Acuna in center. Unless and until Enciarte restores his trade value, there's not much you're going to do there. You're not just going to eat his contract. And and uh, and when he is tradable, if he gets off to a good start, then you hope you have Christian Pache or Drew Waters is ready to plug into that outfield. So Pache figures to be the center fielder for years to come. Um, unless, you know, the Braves get an offer they can't refuse for him and they go with Drew Waters in center. But it's going to be interesting how, how they use those two guys. But a lot of people have kind of assumed that they would be the two outfielders along with Acuna, with, uh, you know, Pache in center and, and Waters in one corner and Acuna in the other. But it might not necessarily work out that way if they decide to trade one of them for a big in a big deal. But that's what it'll take, a big deal. 
it's going to take that to get, you know, somebody like that to get Bryant. You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right. You know. But if you get him for two years, it might be worth it, right? I wouldn't give up Pache. I think you oh, I'm in. Up. Do it. Yeah, but, you, yeah. Waters? Go man. for that World Series. <laughs> yeah, I know. Fuck it. <laughs> hey, I keep getting asked uh, if the Braves might add another starting pitcher. Um, I think it's possible. But I think it would be, at this point, I think it would be more of an Anibal Sanchez-type spring edition. Well, you hope it's Anibal Sanchez. A lot of times those don't work out yeah. to be what he did. They usually don't. But because they seem sincere about giving Sean Newcomb a chance to win that rotation spot, in which case they have five starters now with Soroka, Hamels, Freed, Fulte, and Nuke. And then you got all these young guys competing for a spot that may or not be available now or later. That Kyle Wright, Bryce Wilson, Tukey, and the guy I'm excited to see this spring Ian Anderson, their top pitching prospect. He really had a good year and came on strong last year. Yeah. Uh, he's, I've heard some really good things about him and, and it, but it's the same thing for me, man. It's, yeah. uh, you don't know what he's going to do yeah. and you don't want somebody figuring it out. No, exactly. I don't think they're going to, I, you know, there's some guys out there. Um, I thought I've, I'd heard they were still in on Bumgarner, but five years for him. Yeah. Um, it's going to be different for him pitching in, yeah. in, in Chase Field versus AT&T. Um, but same thing, man, it's, it's, it's just about certainty. And, you know, for me in this window, you want as much certainty as possible. I, I really like nuke though, man. I, I feel like, you know, I played catch with nuke one time and there's just certain guys that the ball comes out of their hand uh-huh. and it just comes out different. I mean, it's just hot. It's, it's, it's heavy and it's, it's just got this different life to it. Yeah. After I played catch with him, I was like, this guy's going to be a stud. And I've been on his bandwagon since just, yeah. just from that. Uh, he's got a good curveball. I think he just, you know, he needs that chance to really put it together. And as a fifth starter, man, I, I, you got to take your chances and give him that opportunity. I think they're doing the right thing doing it. And I think and he's going to really come hope in. he turns into it, man. I think he's going to come he's in going with, a, to. with a chip on his shoulder, driven. He is to not, yeah, to not let that slip through his fingers this time because he's done the bullpen thing for a year, for half a year now. Was really good in it at times, but it, he doesn't. It, you know, a starting pitcher when you've been one all your life—that's what you still think you can do. It's hard to accept that role. It's not like when you've been a reliever, you know, for a long time or your whole life. And he wants to. No, be a well, starter. it's just—it's so much more convenient, man. Starting yeah. pitching is the best job in the game. You know, yeah. you you pitch one game and then it's just you do your yeah. workouts and Get do all your, your things. There's no pressure the other four days. Of, yeah, it's starting pitchers have a really hard time giving up yeah. all those luxuries. You know. That's a relief pitcher, man. You got to be ready yeah. every single day, locked in every day. You got to be ready to throw every day. You can't work out the same. Um, it's starting pitching is the best job in sports. You know, <laughs> you get paid like a everyday player, and you only have to jump out there on the mound every yep. five days. So most guys really want that. Yeah, you know, it's a hard thing to give up. Uh, yeah, I was never a big Jethro Tull fan. The fluke just turned me off. But this Ian Anderson is someone I'm <laughs> eager to, to see do his thing this this spring, and I'm also looking forward to seeing. Uh, Kyle Muller again, because this dude is a mountain. As big as Nukem is, this guy's bigger. I mean, this guy's huge, dude. He looks like a power forward, and I'm looking forward to seeing how much uh, uh, better he is last, because last spring he really looked impressive in, in his appearances, and then he had a good year at times, just completely dominant year. Only question about him is walks. He'll have a game where he walks four or five, but this guy, he is really impressive. Those hard, huge 
good repertoire. Just has to cut down the walks, and he'll be here. He may do, he may need to make a Soroka type adjustment where he cuts back on. If you're talking about how big he is, because I've I've seen some of his videos yeah. and stuff, and it you know the weights pay uh-huh. off, but at some point you know you need your range of motion yeah. and back off a little bit, and that can hurt you uh, control wise drive- too. But he's a driveline guy, so you would think. Uh, yeah, that's that's part of the walks because those guys. They let it eat, you know. Velocity is key. That's the yeah. that's the number one priority. But um, yeah. at some point, you make that adjustment. Soroka made last year, where you back off the weights a little bit and, and start pitching, and and backing off the weights can get you a lot of control. So, be interesting to see um, see who he is when he comes into camp because you know he's going to be yeah. getting after it this offseason just based on the mindset he's already yeah. kind of presented to us. Um. So even after they signed Hamels, I know, uh, you know, and with all those young guys waiting in the wings, you. We know you can never have too much starting pitching. I mean, you just can't. That's why this week, even after the Braves had signed Hamels to that one-year $18 million deal uh, to give them the veteran the top half of the rotation, which to me signaled they knew where the Bumgarner market was going, yeah. and that's why they weren't going to be left empty-handed. We're going to get Hamels. Braves fans still wondered, though, like you said, whether they might sign Madison Bumgarner uh, or trade for Corey Kluber. And after seeing the relatively modest price it took for the, uh, Arizona to get Bumgarner, I mean, if $85 million can be considered modest, but it was spread over five years and with $15 million deferred. Uh, and the Rangers gave up. People think they didn't give up a whole lot to get Kluber. They gave up a 100-mile-an-hour-plus closer that they might be able to step right into the bullpen uh, for Cleveland. So not the multiple prospects many thought it was going to cost to get Kluber, though. But he's coming off injuries, yeah. man. He didn't pitch a lot last year, and he's got a ton of mileage on that arm. Yeah, that your stock fluctuates a lot with that, and he's he's throwing a lot of innings, man, and he's he throws hard too. You know, guys that throw hard and throw a lot yeah. of innings, they they scare yeah. you a little more than a guy like you know Cole Hamels, who's he throws hard for a lefty, but uh, it's it's an easy, smooth delivery. It's, Kluber's pretty smooth too, man. I love his mechanics, but that's just where you start kind of wondering, um, especially guys uh-huh. get up there in age, you just start kind of wondering, you know, how long they can keep it up, and if they lose that velocity, who they're going to be too when it's thrown 220 to 250 innings every year for, you know, half a decade. Yeah. That's a heavy workload. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Bumgarner, big disparity. And I, and I really didn't realize quite the disparity in his home road splits back when we, you know, I was, uh, uh, um, being an advocate for the brave signing him. I, I should have looked a little closer to these, I think, but the concern that a lot of teams had, including the Braves, was the home road disparity the last two seasons? Because it wasn't there. There wasn't that big. There wasn't a disparity much at all for most of his first uh, uh, six, seven years with the with Arizona, but uh, with uh, San Francisco. But the last two years in 2019, I mean, these you can't just dismiss these. He was six and two with a two nine three ERA in 19 home starts, three and seven with a five two nine ERA in 15 road starts. 2018. Bumgarner was four and three with a one six three ERA and ten home starts. Two and four with a four nine seven ERA and eleven road starts. I mean that's that's significant. Well, the NL West, you know, it's it's got some of the most pitcher friendly um, fields in the league. San Diego's a graveyard. The LA yeah. LA used to be a graveyard. Uh, AT and T, obviously. Still fair. I mean, yeah. you got you do have Colorado and um, yeah. and uh, Phoenix in there. Arizona's here. Arizona. Yeah. But the balls changed, so that I mean that could be it right there. All of a sudden, he was pitching almost every park was more of a pitcher's park last year with the ball flying like yeah. that. Uh, yeah. You know, he 
he could have really benefited from pitching in, in at Dodger Stadium, San Diego, and, and and San Francisco the previous years, and then yeah. and then last year he didn't have that luxury of those those warning track fly balls start carrying out. They'll change your whole season. Yeah. So, I mean, that could be a big difference. Maybe they change the balls back though, and he goes off again this year. Yeah, yeah. But you mentioned, man, he's going to if he wanted to. You know, it's his last contract. He probably doesn't give a shit right. he wants to go where he wanted to go. But uh, uh, San Diego is a place to go if you want to keep your ERA down because yeah. Phoenix, man, whew, we've seen some guys. The Braves have had some guys that just rake at Arizona. Freddie Freeman, first and foremost. I mean, he just loves hitting there. The ball flies there. The ball flies there. Flies there. Yeah. When it's really dry, which it norm- almost always is there, uh, the ball just, yeah. And that and that batter's eye, that massive batter's eye, they love hitting against that. That big black it's a batter's great place eye. to hit, man. Remember Kelly Johnson went there from from Atlanta and hit yeah. like thirty something homers. You know, his first yeah. couple of years, he went off there. Uh, so it, that could be. I mean, that could turn into a disaster contract. <laughs> you know, you never know. It could be five years. Yeah, a lot. You know, and it's fifteen of us deferred to. A lot of was made of him having horses and property outside Phoenix. You know. Um, but I was talking to a GM the last couple of days and he said, you know, ultimately he took the biggest offer. Not cause, and, and no other team, it, it, I think it's telling that no other team has come forward. It hasn't been leaked that so-and-so offered him $90 million. You haven't heard that yet, which you heard with Wheeler. There was like the White Sox offered a little more, but you haven't even heard that with uh, – with Bumgarner, and they would because anytime, million, anytime you would. get your offer Absolutely. turned down, it, it makes you look good to your fan base to say, "Hey, we offered him exactly. more. He just didn't want to come here." You know, that's exactly that's a get out of jail free card when the guy just doesn't take a better contract to play for you. So it would definitely be out there if he got a better offer, right? Because if you're a team and you offered him ninety five and he turned it down and you said, you, you know, you leaked it out there that it was the agent would come out and say, "That's not true. Right. We were not offered ninety five. Yeah, yeah. So it has not happened. So he took the biggest offer, yeah. ultimately. He's not any different than other guys, you know. There was this romantic notion that he might come pitch here because he'd be in the South and, a, and a, you know, a short drive from his home in North Carolina. But you're on your last contract, and he paid for under market for so long in, in San Francisco. He was going to get his. He was going to get the biggest deal he could. Well, guys do and that. It helps that it's Phoenix. Yeah, and he's got property there with horses, and he loves riding his horses. Well, guys do that when it's you know five million. On, a, on right. an $85 million deal. Then they start thinking about right. where they want to go. But, you know, I I, I wasn't sure he was even going to get three years before this offseason started with the way that neither, everything's man. been. I thought it'd be a two-year deal. I think that's really what happened to the market, though. I, I, I think there's a lot of teams that were like, shit, man, it, it's so bad. We're going to be able to get guys like Bumgarner on a two-, three-year deal. All these teams start getting in on him, and, and they actually drove the market up to where it was supposed to be. Yeah. 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 Um. <laughs> It's funny because, uh, you know, you look at uh, – if you look at what the, the best offers were, it's the same thing for Clover. For Clover, people said, oh, the Braves could have got more, got him for less than that. You know, the Indians took the best offer for him. They're <laughs> yeah. not, it's not like they turned down a better offer because, Teams you know, don't care where they're they sending didn't you. like this team. <laughs> we really exactly. prefer to go to this team. Maybe if it was in the division, exactly. you don't want to do it. But otherwise, uh, the teams are always taking the best offer. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Especially, and he's going in the league too. He's not even in the other league. Um, Indians, Red Sox, Cubs, all are trying to win. None of them has come out and said they're rebuilding. That's why it's going to take nothing less than huge returns for Lindor, Betts, and even Chris Bryant to a degree. It's be they a don't huge have return. to trade him, man. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have to trade him, so they are rightfully so going to ask a lot for him. I think the difference and, with the uh, Cubs is they know 
Bryant's probably not coming back because I'm sure he's bitter about his service time being manipulated yeah. in that way. Yeah. So that makes you a little Especially more. Especially if he loses the grievance too. He's gonna oh, he's going to be pissed. Bitter. But that makes you a lot more inclined not to sign back with a team. You know, just that if the money's yep. there, he's going to sign back. But I think the Cubs know that that relationship's a little tainted because of the way they manipulated his service time. So they might yep. be. And he's a Boris guy. And he's a Boris guy. So he's getting. <laughs> top of all There's that. no chance. You know, unless you make the best offer, yeah. and and still might not, they You're, still might just be mad at him. Like I'm not, you got to make a yep. better offer because you stole a year of my service. Yep. So yeah, exactly. I think that might be the it, only it reason the Cubs are more inclined to trade him than those other two guys. But regardless, it's going to take I mean, a haul. He's a great I mean, player. Ultimately, he could look at it as you cost me twenty twenty five million dollars by by manipulating. Well, he is by, looking at it like you know, that. <laughs> that extra year, you cost him a year for that one day of service. He is looking time, at it like that. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, just to get back to the starting thing, a lot of people saw Robbie Ray's available now that, uh, you know, Arizona got Kluber. And people connect the dots and say, hey, Atlanta should get him. Uh, I just don't think he's good enough to warrant the nearly $11 million projected ARB salary, plus blocking one of your younger pitchers. Uh, and after buying out Tehran's option for a similar salary, $12 million, you paid a million for him to go away. And here's a guy you had, Tehran, you know, long-time loyalty to the franchise. You knew him. He's a leader in the, you know, yeah. among the pitching staff. And 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 depending on which war you believe in, Tehran had better stats than Ray in, in 2019. I saw uh, uh, F War, the Fangrass War, had uh, had Ray a lot higher than Tehran, but uh, Baseball Baseball Reference War had Ray at 1.0 war and Tehran at 2.4. So, but. Ray went 12 and 8, 4 3 4 ERA in 33 starts, 174 and a third innings. Almost identical with the starts and innings to Tehran. Tehran was 10 and 11, 3 8 1 ERA. It's a half run lower than Ray. 33 starts, 174 to one number of starts, almost the same number of innings, just a lot fewer strikeouts for Tehran, but also had a lot fewer runs allowed and a better whip. 1 3 2 3 for Tehran, 1 3 4 2 to Ray. My point is, you don't get rid of Tehran and, you know, Pay him to go away so that you can bring in Ray and give up, you know, whatever you give up to get him in a trade and bring him in and and f- to block one of the young kids for that. I just don't think you do that. Yeah, unless you're just extremely confident, you know, with Ray pitching at, at Chase Field that, you know, SunTrust is a little more uh, pitcher friendly, but that's not a big uh, – even even pitching in a hitter's park, uh, it's it's pretty similar guys, man. And, and you're going to have to give guys up for him. Yeah. He's, you're going to have to trade and for him. And he'll be afraid after a, the season you know, too. And he'll be gone. Yeah. So, yeah, it's – you could you could pretty much be hedge your now. bet and just sign JT back. Yeah, yeah, to a, to a lesser deal in For spring if you don't get eight. somebody else. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe less than that. Yeah. Who knows, man? Um, yeah. So anyway, hey, we're gonna keep the waiting game going. Like I said, J, JT, JT, Jess Julio, Tehran, JD could happen at any moment. I mean, I haven't heard anything to say that's imminent, but they've both sides, the part, both all the parties involved have been pretty hush hush on this. All we know is the, the Nats are still real serious about him which is not good for the Braves, but the Braves no are good. still in on this. They have not waved a white flag on this at all. Uh, they, you know, they're, they, they stay quiet on these matters, but they are still in on this and they, and they know the importance Josh Donaldson had to this team. So don't give up the ghost yet. Braves fans. AA makes your job hard, huh? It does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does, but that's all right. I mean, as long as he doesn't play favorites, you know, and he doesn't, he's, he's, he's quiet with everybody. So yeah, yeah, that's cool. But I respect that. Yeah, I can respect that. All right, that's it. 755 is real, and it's also over. We'll uh, we'll talk again 
a week from now, a Tuesday. No, I don't know. We might take the Christmas week off. So this might be our only break of the winter. Where We'll see. We'll let you guys know. But You let me know. Yeah, I'll let you know. You going anywhere for Christmas? <laughs> I'm staying home in my house. There you go. I don't blame you, man. Tired of traveling on holidays. Yeah, I got to go up and see the folks in North Carolina. Parents. All right. You don't have to drag any kids with you, though. No, I don't. I get on a plane, too. I'm not driving my old ass up there anymore. I like to fly <laughs> and keep it easy. So that's that. All right. Well, 755 is real. We're out. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, Eric. And y'all follow us on Twitter. Yep. Talk to you soon. All right.